Thanks for spending this portion of the afternoon with us. Bruce Claggett in for Jazz. And it looks like we're getting a break, at least in the southern half of the province, with some cooler conditions as we deal with a terrible summer of fire around the province. But there are some stories emerging and some stories that show that we're taking different directions in trying to cope with what has been a brutal summer. And there's this one out today, this story. The Bush Creek East Wildfire, while it's still burning 43,000 hectares in size, but the BC Wildfire Service has deployed a new resource to help contain it. That resource is civilians. Yeah, around 17 Shoe Swap area residents sent to the front lines today, and they were trained over the weekend and are now being paid for their efforts and their expertise going into an area that they know so well. Let's pick up on that one and some other things happening with this situation by bringing in Emergency Management Minister Bowen Ma. Good afternoon, Bowen. Hi there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I know it's been a long summer of so many stories when it comes to damage and loss of uh, loss of structures and evacuations. But are we now on the edge of seeing a little bit of a turn that we can do things like allow civilians to go into areas like Bush Creek? Well, an organized cooperative community response is absolutely key in all areas of the province. And what we saw up in the shoe shop was a, a desire from local community members to be a part of the fight against wildfires. Part of the challenge, of course, in doing so is that uh, disorganized, well-intentioned uh, firefighting efforts can get in the way of BC Wildfire Service uh, work as they're doing it. it. It can limit the kinds of tactics that can be used, for instance, like aerial water bombing or backburning can't be done when you have people in the way. But if it's coordinated, it can be very successful. And so I'm really grateful that BC Wildfire Service and local uh, community members were able to dialogue about this over the last week and get trained up. And, and yes, we, we do have some of those community members on the line working with the BC Wildfire Service now. Bowen, I get the impression that this is doing two things. It's not only helping with the wildfire effort in that area, but it's also putting to rest some of the concerns and frustration that some of the residents had in the area that they knew better than some of the BC wildfire crews coming in. You know, we all have a common enemy in this, and that is the wild. Those, that's the wildfires that are threatening our communities. But in order for us to be effective against those wildfires, we've got to be working together, and we've got to be coordinated, and, and that's what we're seeing on the ground right now. I know in your news conference this afternoon, you rightly pointed out, even though the weather is better in some areas, things can change in a moment. What do you mean by that? Well, as of this morning, we have more than 8,000 people on evacuation order and nearly 54,000 people on evacuation alert. And this is over 20,000 people fewer on evacuation order than there were last week. So it is an improvement. But we are not through the woods yet. We're not out of the woods yet. The wildfire season is not over. We're at the end of August. Um, in previous years, we have seen the wildfire season extend into the fall. Um, the uh, the southern interior is stabilizing a bit with cooler temperatures and some rain. 
but uh, we are anticipating a risk of dry lightning in coastal regions and on the island, as well as um, challenges in terms of hot and dry weather up in the north. So we have seen some fires return to life um, up in the north that were previously uh, under control. On Friday, I had a chance to talk with former Premier Christy Clark, and she said, and she was echoing something that she said on social media, she said the province has done a terrible job in communicating and planning for what turned out to be a terrible forest fire season. What do you say about that? Do you think that the province was caught off guard? I think the wildfire season has been incredibly difficult for many people in many communities, not only during the last week under a provincial state of emergency, but through all of the local and regional emergencies that we have been responding to since mid-April. And my focus is on the response and the people who need us. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know what Chrissy Clark says, uh, has said, and, and it's the first furthest thing on my mind right now because our focus is on those communities. We run coordination uh, meetings on a regular basis with communities. We offer um, public press conferences on a regular basis as well. We do, uh, at first it was weekly and then twice a week and then daily updates for all MLAs across the province, um, regular communication with uh, local chairs, mayors, First Nations. There's a lot going on and that's where our focus is right now. When all is said and done and everything is back to as normal as normal can be, there will be an opportunity to reflect on the response and what happened. Do you think there are lessons that can be learned? And do you think there's something that uh, might even change the direction of your ministry in terms of maybe even setting up an emergency program that's different than the provincial emergency program, but is set up to coordinate responses to disasters? You know, I think that we always have to be learning all of the time. And absolutely, there will be lessons learned coming out of this wildfire season, as there are often lessons learned coming out of every wildfire season and every hazard season. And keep in mind that our province is facing not just the hazard of wildfires, but also extreme drought, extreme heat, extreme cold. We've got flooding. We've got storms. We've got ice storms. We've got avalanches, tsunamis, and um, and earthquakes to contend with as well. So we have to be constantly working to increase our level of preparedness and doing the work that we have to do to mitigate the impact of those disasters before they happen. But we also have to do the absolute important work of driving down the greenhouse gas emissions that cause climate change to begin with. That is absolutely critical. We cannot lose sight of that. Understand very strong message with that. Here's one that I do have more of a question about, and that is the alert mm-hmm. system in BC. Are you satisfied that people are getting the message when things like this happen, when we're under a state of emergency, getting it in a timely matter? So we do have uh, a alert system, but it's a national system that the provinces uh, are partners in, in using as well. Um, the broadcast intrusive alert, it sends messages directly to people's phones. It sends it through the airwaves, through radio. It sends it through um, cable as well. But it is only one tool in our uh, toolbox for communication. 
we do work very closely with local governments and communities about how best to reach people in their communities, uh, given whatever information needs to be uh, sent out there. I mean, the media is certainly uh, a very important partner in this as well. Some communities have uh, their own internet-based apps that they use. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we also um, work with uh, work through social media and, and all different channels. Um, and at the end of the day as well, if there is a tactical evacuation and we need people to get out and we don't have time to use all of these different tools, the most fundamental way that we communicate with people in communities is literally by going door to door and getting people out. So it does take all kinds of communication. Um, and we can't rely on just one. Okay, I appreciate that. And Bo and Ma, remember, CKNW's 50,000 watts can reach all over the province, and there's always somebody here. If you're in that state, you can always phone us. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for, for that note.